Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast Monday edition. I am your host, Aaron Witt, on the on the uh, on a mission to make the dirt world a better place. There it is. And I'm joined by my co-host Alex Horton in the Dirt Talk Studios. Bow, 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 bow. We're back in the office in mm-hmm. Nashville, Tennessee, 1400 Adams Street, and we are happy to be here. Uh, I drove here from my kids' daycare this morning, mm-hmm. and was able to put in BuildWit into the Google Maps. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's pretty neat. We're, we're official on Google now. And I can take out your personal home address out of the, the work button on Google Maps. That, that, <laughs> that's super. Yeah, I really like that's, to hear that. That's what it's... It's, you're, it's just been your house in there for a while, but now no mm-hmm. longer. No longer. No, it's been... My, my house has been the main BuildWit headquarters for three years now. Storage facility, hotel. Yeah. It's been a lot of things. Yeah, it's... You know my uh, so when I when I started the company, I was living with my dad, mm-hmm. and I needed his address for everything business to stuff. establish the business because yeah. you need a a a PO box doesn't work in a lot of uh, a lot of ways. You sure. need a physical home address to make it work, and so I used his address on everything. Uh, but he is he is very particular about mail. Of course, I, I don't I don't know what it is, but very particular about mail. So he started getting mail for the business more and more and more. Did not like that. He n- not even slightly did he like that. <laughs> and he said, "Get my address off of everything when I moved out." And I said, "Okay, but it's not that easy because the address is probably now in a hundred different places. Like, I, and I don't even all the places I don't even know where it is anymore. And so it has been a multi-year process of getting his address off of things." And converting it to my then changing home addresses, which now is officially the office address. Does he still get build it mail sometimes? He does. And he just, every time I'm in town, just hands it to me and doesn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I tell him, like, dude, I, like, I, I cannot do anything about this. I have submitted everything I can. I've done everything I can to get rid of your address, but it, it I, it's just out there somewhere. Just, I, I, I can't do anything about it. Yeah, it's in a, you know, a million databases of just, you know, a, a business that gets added to another business's database. And so they just have it. And the, and the USPS, it, I think everybody can, can admit, is not the most competent organization out there. Sure. Um, and so they, I mean, even... Everybody listening is you probably get somebody else's mail. Yeah, quite often, all the time, all the time. I mean, I probably got three three different people's mail this morning. That's how it is. Three different names, and it says important on it to somebody else. I'm just like, ah, throw that away, throw that away, throw that away. Hopefully, they don't need it. But what is really all that important in the mail these days? Well, that's my thing. Is we still get mail for the people who lived in our house before us. You know, we bought our house, but they got something that had a check in it. Like you could kind of look just through like the, if you hold it up in front of the sun, you could just kind of see. Yeah. There was a check in there. And to me, it's like, if somebody's sending you a check, you need to have like updated your address with them. Yes. Yeah. We, so we're, the business is mostly ACH now, but we used to do everything paper check back Mm -hmm. in the day. Yep. Uh, And I remember going to the PO box going to the post office almost every day when I really needed money mm-hmm. waiting for the like please please you know, please five thousand dollars <laughs> five thousand dollar check in the in the mail mm-hmm. um, that reminds me 
uh, if you if you have any stickers or anything oh, to, yeah. to, to put on the wall in our office or a hat you want to put in the store or whatever it may be, send us whatever you have mm-hmm. to BuildWit, 1400 Adams Street, number 202, Nashville, Tennessee, 37208. Mm-hmm. Alex will also put it in the show notes. I will. And we uh, we will we will take anything. Somebody just sent me a 3D printed excavator bucket the other it's day. It's so cool. So cool. Whatever you want. Honestly, my dream is that we get overwhelmed with other like dirt loving company stuff. I I mean, every single day I show up to the office now, there's letters and stickers and hats, it's which great. is pretty cool. I love it. So if you want to send us whatever you got, we're, we'll we'll take anything at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably regret saying that at at, at <laughs> a point in the future. Mm-hmm. But again, fourteen hundred Adam Street. Number 202, Nashville, Tennessee, 37208. We'd love to see what you got. And we have a sticker wall. So if you're a construction company, you got stickers, you want some advertising in the build office, send it our way. Or even better, come here in person and put it on there yourself. That too. Yeah, come on by. Yeah. That's a good vibe. Yeah. Aaron, we went on our first co-trip last week, you and I. Yep. Matt Briscoe. we, We took to the U.S. interstate system. I was gonna say you typically say take to, to the skies, to the skies, but <laughs> we, we, we drove, roads. yeah, because yeah, any time I can drive is preferred. Mm-hmm. I do enough airplanes. We did get hit by a car on the interstate. We got hit by a car on the interstate. Yes, they um, bounced right off because we were in a much bigger car. They bounced right off because our car probably had you know three times the size <laughs> that, that theirs did. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was eventful. Had a great interview with Sal. I think part two will be dropping. It's it, already dropped. It will have dropped. Yes, yeah, it yeah. will have dropped. So if you haven't listened to the the most recent podcast with with Sal Frisella, uh, parts one and two are up now. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. It was great. It was an awesome time. We worked out twice at the the yeah. first form gym. Um, we worked out with Sal one time. You shot hoops the next morning. Mm-hmm. Matt and I did a quick workout. I walked around their building. Total treat. Awesome trip. One night. Came back. Now we're in Nashville. We have our partner meeting going on this week. Um, we started this ooh, two years ago now. Two years ago in August. Mm-hmm. So over two years ago. we I, I have the unique um, opportunity to meet a lot of really cool people. And I started to realize that I was the common thread. And then BuildWit was the common thread between all these cool people. And we thought, well, why don't we go to all these cool people in the same room and just shoot the poop? But get them talking. Yeah. What, what, how hard can that be? Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. We rented out um, some rooms in a hotel in downtown Nashville. We weren't based in Nashville or anything like that. I don't know why we chose Nashville. But uh, the team stayed in Airbnb, the five of us at the time. The whole team. Yeah. We had 14 uh, partners, so construction company executives, owners in in town, and we just talked for two days. And then we had dinner both nights. Everybody went to Broadway, got super drunk with one another, had a great time. So we said, why don't we do this more often? Mm-hmm. Um, COVID put foiled our plans. Of course, we had our second meeting in Scottsdale, Arizona, partner meeting last um, December. Well, in January or February. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. We, so we had a meeting in February. We did a field training ex- training exercise, which was kind of like a partner meeting with Echelon Front, mm-hmm. uh, which was very cool with 25 people earlier this year in Nashville. And then now we have a bunch of our partners, construction company, Dirt World company execs here 
Um, we just had Rich Davini speak to the group. Uh, he was in the SEAL teams, remarkable leader. Really, cool really, yeah, just just an awesome guy. Um, Chris Heap, and then today, oh, we've Jason Schroeder, who and Jason Schroeder speaking to the group today. But he is also on upcoming Build the Leaders tracks. Very cool. Yeah. So it's an it's an awesome time. Like yeah. last last night we went to a cigar bar, had a bunch of old fashions with everybody, mm-hmm. just hung out. Um, today, this afternoon, we'll have discussions. So talk about different issues in the industry, workforce development. I know we're going to be talking about vaccine mandates. That was something people wanted to discuss. So yeah. whatever whatever's going on in the industry, hot topics, we like to just talk about as a group and try to add value wherever we can. So that's what we've got going on this week. I think that's really valuable getting those people in the same room because they'll have a lot of like common issues. You know, I think there's something... They're all doing the same shit. They're all doing the same shit, but then they've also found, you know, ways to solve some of those issues. And if you get all those people like in line, you know, they can adopt, oh, that would work for my business. Oh, that wouldn't work for my business. Actually, but I did this other thing that would probably help your business. You know, like if if we're facilitating just getting those people into the room, like they're finding the answers, they're finding the solutions, they're having the conversations. Yeah, you know, we're just setting it up. I, um, uh, you know, it, I've talked to a lot of partners about it too, and and everybody provides value in different ways. Mm-hmm. So you have these old school contractors, been around a hundred years, they have a lot of value to bring to the table. Oh yeah, but also you have these younger younger com- companies, five to ten years old. They're doing they're they're kicking ass. They're doing things really different. They have a lot of value to add to those older companies mm-hmm. because they've figured out technology or they don't have these big huge stigmas they're fighting against within their organization. And the way we used to do it or the way we've always done it, that mentality doesn't exist there. So they're able to adapt and change a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So everybody has something to bring to the table. And then not only is everybody smart, but they're just all good good human beings. Yeah, um, all I, good people. You know, first year business taught me it's it's important to do business with people you you see eye to eye with and who value the same things, who, who value what what you value. Yeah. Um, and so we've been very particular about who we've worked with so far. And this group of humans, they they really wholeheartedly value what we value as a business. And so it's just it's a really good feeling to be with with this this group of people. Mm-hmm. So it's a great week, awesome stuff. We have an executive. Uh, a leadership meeting tomorrow, internal build wit. We're, we have a lot of changes coming down the road. Yeah, uh, We have big plans. We'll be talking about that stuff over the next few months, but we are, we're going to get moving here. We're chugging on down the road for sure. Yeah. It's about to get, it's about to get funky around here. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of funky. Mm, good segue. You know, I'm working on it, man. Speaking of, can we get a segue for the office? No. Okay. Well, no, I, um, it was worth asking. I worked at a, a tech company for a brief amount of time mm-hmm. and they had the hoverboards in the office. Oh, yeah. And I, I wanted to like put a stick in front of people <laughs> riding them by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just, just push them off. Yeah. Like, stop, stop, just walk, just walk, damn it. Yeah. You're not getting there that much faster and it's not that much easier to yeah. ride a little hoverboard. But in fairness, I would, I would come to the office on Saturdays because I had nothing better to do. And I'd be the only one in there typically, or maybe there'd be one other dude on the other side of the building. Mm-hmm. And I would rip around on a hoverboard oh, yeah. once in a while. Not not working. You're just like, let's roll. Let's roll a hoverboard inside in an office. You got a lot of room to run. Mm-hmm. That's a blast. It's but pretty when fun. It, it's a workplace. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> this is places for work. <laughs> Doing the business. That said, yesterday Aaron said, hey, when are we going to go buy some alcohol for the office? So 
you know, a little, little bit here, a little bit here. You sure. know, it's a balance. We work with contractors. I, I, I understand. I understand my base. Smart. Got to do it. Um, okay, so back to the segue I, I was awkwardly trying to make. You've gotten some guff on the internet. <laughs> Basically, the entire time you've been posting construction photos, but yeah, since um, day one. Specifically this week, you've posted a couple uh, clips and videos of remote controlled equipment. Yeah, this is a, yeah. Go ahead. This is driving me nuts. Everybody, every time you post a remote controlled dozer or remote control loader or whatever it is, people lose their lose their minds about it. And I'll clearly explain that it's for very specific applications. And yet they go into this this just weird tangent of oh we're all gonna have our job stolen this it's like guys like <laughs> please please chill just just for one moment let's all just have a normal discussion about this before we just shit, shit talk the the technology i posted specifically when i was at tanaha hills a week ago they have a d11 down there one of the new 11s and it has a remote capability to it mm-hmm. And so all it is, it's, it's not semi-autonomous. That's a different thing. Yeah. And you can make that, I think, that has a semi-autonomous capability as well, where one operator can run four dozers, I think it is. Wow. Which is pretty neat. Pretty cool. Um, they, uh, you can run the dozer by a remote control. That's it. You, you hold, it's like this little box. You put it, put it kind of over your neck. It's right in front of you. And it's similar controls. You can run the dozer exactly as you would in the cab, but from anywhere where you can see the machine, it's line of sight. That's it. It's line of sight. Mm-hmm. And it's for very specific applications. I have seen it very, I've been to a lot of mines. It's extraordinarily rare. Yeah. Where have I seen it? Like when Rio Tinto had that slide back in the day, or they just had another one in, at, at Kennecott, Bingham Canyon. They go. They don't go. Put operators out there. That's a very unstable slope. Yeah. And they've lost dozers on that slope. Instead, they go take a remote D11, and the operator stands in a safe place and puts the dozer out on the slope and starts working it. And it's a. It's it's dangerous, man. Or underneath, um, when you're 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 feeding, uh, you're pushing into a feeder. You're underneath a conveyor. That's a great application for this. This you can still see exactly what you're doing. It still takes an operator around the machine. They're just running it from a different area. So in the event of something happening to that dozer, it gets swallowed up. For example, which has happened, mm-hmm. whole dozers get swallowed up. You don't get crushed, but you don't have oxygen for very long, and and operators have died. Or we went out to a coal mine, in West Virginia. They require dozers. They have D6s out there to be remote control when they're pushing around these ponds because. The mud is so soft in specific areas that it has swallowed up entire dozers. They said last time it swallowed up a dozer, it took them a week to retrieve the damn thing. That guy's not coming out of there. Yeah. There's just not enough oxygen. Okay, yeah, use a remote control for God's sakes. Like that makes a hell of a lot of sense. And and the reality is too, to be able to run a D11 on remote, Jared, he runs, helps run Tanaha out there, mm-hmm. the operation side. You have to have thousands of hours on the dozer to understand how it truly operates before you can run the remote control effectively. Yeah. You need to be a an experienced dozer hand to even run it by remote control to begin with. 
So it's just, it's so insane to me that people just every single time without fail lose their minds without having any attempt, without any attempt of trying to understand the technology. Do you think something about that's like fear? Yeah, it is fear. It's pride. Mm-hmm. They're, it's, you know, operators are very proud people, which I get, man. They're very proud of what they do. They don't want a machine doing what they do. Um, but this isn't the autonomous conversation. Okay, yeah, sure. You start to get into that territory, and I can have that conversation too. It has its own applications. But this this remote control territory, you need an operator looking at the machine to run the machine. Somebody is still skilled. And running that machine, it doesn't matter if you're in the seat or not. You're still running a piece of equipment at yeah. the end of the day. You're still pushing dirt at the end of the day. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's definitely safer. Like in specific applications, are you going to just do it normally? No, that's stupid. But yeah, it's in, in specific applications where an operator would be in danger wherever they're operating. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. And, and me as an operator, I'd much rather run that dozer from a safe location than pushing into a pond that could swallow up my dozer. Mm-hmm. So are you saying that you are going to get uh, a remote control unit added to your skid steer? I, funny enough, I've actually thought about that. <laughs> I think I think the next one will get remote. Sure. Do do remote controlled like skid steers or compact track loaders? Do that exist? Yeah. Okay. No, it's a it's a it, again it's another application. Like we talked to. Uh, there's um, when you're unloading barges, you'll put a skid steer or loader down on the bottom of the barge to clean it out. That makes sense. And in the Mississippi, if a guy falls off the barge, they're a lot of times not coming out. Yeah. So even you know if they have life jacket, whatever, they're they're not coming out because if, especially if you get swept under the barge, you're done. Mm-hmm. You're done, and they're probably not finding your body for a while. Uh, so they they developed it for applications like that. Okay. Or cleaning out under conveyors. Um, just, just different hazardous applications or you know nuclear sites. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different applications for remote controlled uh, skid steer. Would we use it for any of those? No, it would no. just be a party trick. Yeah, it would just be like check this out. This is cool. It would be it'd be hilarious. Yeah, just think of all the fun stuff we could do. <laughs> I mean, it's no different than an RC toy. It's just a hell of a lot bigger. Yeah, and it can do a lot more damage. Perfect. That's what so, you need as an adult. I will get off my remote control equipment soapbox now. That's fair. Welcome to there. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. Welcome to dead talk. T- nope. Dirt talk. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Um, we got a couple questions. Great. Do you want to jump in? I would love to. Let's do it. First one is from Mac. He says, What are some hard lessons you've learned in your first few years of building your business? Uh, like we talked about, do business, at least I've learned, doing business with people that value what I value and, and I respect and trust. Huge, huge lesson there. Um, investing in human beings, caring for human beings, it goes a long way. Long way. Mm-hmm. Um, check your ego whenever, whenever able. And I'm still not great at that, but that has bit me in the ass quite a few times over. And if I would have been checking my ego a little bit more, I think I would have been much better off. That's been a a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, People by people. You don't always have to make rational arguments or rational pitches. If they buy into what you're doing, if your intentions are pure, that's amazing what you can get done. Yeah. So those are the first things that that come to mind. Are there any... um 
I don't want to say mistakes that you regret, but like, man, I would have loved to have handled that differently. Um, you know, we've like we've talked about we've let people go too fast. I feel like um I have let emotion get in the way of things sometimes. I've done business with people that I knew I shouldn't be doing business with to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's ended up poorly as a result, amazingly enough. And your intuition was telling you that and it ends up going the way you yeah. thought it might. Yeah. Um I, yeah, I you just you just learn, you keep walking down the road. I don't I don't pay a whole lot of attention to what we've screwed up in the past. I admit that, yep, this was stupid. We don't want to do this again. And then I just you know, wake up the next day and and give her give her hell. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've certainly got to have a pretty good front row seat of kind of the ups ups and downs of of growing this business. You know, I've been at Buildwit for you know over a year and a half now, which is half of the life cycle of the business. Yeah, um, and. I feel like what's I think been really helpful is that it feels like you try to really learn from those I want to say mistakes, but just like I wish you know I'll, I'll hand I want to handle this situation differently the next time, and I, I don't necessarily know that um, every business does that. Admitting you, uh, but again, that's the where the ego comes into play. A lot of people don't like admitting they're wrong. And what I've learned about leadership is that's strong leadership when you're able to say, yeah, I screwed up this one and uh, let everybody down here. Here's what I've learned and I'm going to do my best to not let it happen again. Mm-hmm. You, uh, Oddly enough, you gain a lot more respect doing that than trying to act like nothing happened and you didn't screw up and you, you try to do it right the next time. Even if you try to do it right the next time, people... It just doesn't it doesn't create a whole lot of trust there. Whereas if you can just and and I've talked about this a bunch of times. Like being 26, that's where huge huge asset because I'm not experienced. I know I don't know what I'm I, I, I'm doing, mm-hmm. and I try to totally embrace that in every aspect of the company. I think you know I think there's another um, approach that's kind of right in the middle that I think could be a trap that I think we actively try to avoid. And it's the, you know, taking responsibility for, you know, say if as a business we didn't handle something, you know, a way that we, you know, in hindsight we wish we had handled it a different way or something like that. And we take ownership for that and we'll say, you know, we either apologize or we, you know, like I said, just take responsibility for that. But that's, if that's the end of it, it's just like, yep, that's totally my fault or totally our fault. If we don't like take steps to show how we're going to handle it right the next time, it doesn't really matter. Correct. And I think, cause I think it's, I feel like I see like I've have met people in, in business in my life who are quick to take responsibility or at least are okay apologizing or assigning blame to themselves in order for like, it to look like they are taking responsibility. It's all about the intent of it. Yeah. And, and this is, I just talked to a foreman yesterday. He just recently got promoted to foreman. He's like, what What should I do? I'm like, dude, I'd read Extreme Ownership by Jocko and Life 
as quickly as you can. <laughs> it's a like great today. place to start. Yeah. yeah. It's a fantastic place to start. And we've talked about that book a lot and we'll continue to talk about that book a lot. It'll reframe how you how do you see that whole mm-hmm. situation. I don't know. With with business too, it's I don't pay a lot of attention to how other businesses do things. Yeah. Especially bad businesses. Like everybody will will talk about previous businesses they've worked for and the the less than ideal scenarios they've sometimes been in. All of that's news to me because I've been, I, I'm very naive and I really just study from the best businesses I can find. Sure. I don't look at stupid businesses because why, why would I, why would I look at a stupid business? I want to look at the ones that I really admire and that align with our, our values and that are doing remarkable things that are, that are decades ahead of us and, and try to get as much value as I can from them mm-hmm. and implement that within our business. So I don't, I don't pay a lot of attention to what other people are doing in that regard. And then all of that is sort of a secondary benefit from having this partner roundtable because we're like getting to, to rub elbows with, you know, people who have been running businesses longer than our businesses existed, you know, and they've got all kinds yeah. of different experiences. And obviously it's not a one-to-one um, transfer of, of knowledge, but there's a lot of things that, you know, you're going to have in common with, you know, any of the presidents or CEOs that we work with too. And I think that's like, you know, we're obviously provide a lot of services to our partners. That's obviously a big part of our business. But we also like learn a lot from that relationship too. And I think that's only good for you and only good for our business as a whole. Totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, every conversation I have with our partners, I'm learning something. Yeah. It's like the round table. I mean, it's, this is what I do every single week. Yeah. You just have more of those people in the same space. Yeah. But yeah. But even at the round table, it's, we don't really shoot the poop about business. It's a lot of just shooting the poop in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I just naturally do that every week. It's more for our partners than it's not really a build with thing. It's yeah. it's hey, let's you know we're we interact with you. I interact with you guys all the damn time, but you guys don't interact with one another. So let's bring you together, interact with one another. That's the value here. Yeah, because we we already interact with them. Mm-hmm. We already see them. So we already talk business with them, all of that jazz. So that's why I've always been careful. And this is, again, it, it goes, it's it's one of those tempting things like uh, ads on a podcast or selling space in our office, whatever yeah. it may be, where it's tempting for BuildWith to do more at the round table because we have all our partners, but it's like, no, 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 we, we can't. It's not about us. It's not about us. It's not our thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's about our partners. Yep. Love it. Cool. Well, thanks, Mac. Appreciate it. Okay. Um, this is from John. I've just started posting photos of my company on Instagram. What kinds of things should I be looking to take photos of? You've mentioned authenticity, but what does that really mean? Um, I don't know. What's going on today? What are you doing today? Digging a footing? Take a picture of the footing. You using a backhoe to dig it? Take a picture of the backhoe. You digging a footing with a backhoe? <laughs> and someone else is running the machine? Take a picture of the backhoe digging the footing. With the other person in the machine. Yep. With the other person in the machine. Someone else is in the machine. Take a picture of them running the machine. Talk about them. So you could talk about it in photograph. You could you could you could touch on the the job itself, what you guys are doing. You touch on how you're doing it. Photograph that and talk about that. You can talk about the equipment you're doing it with. You can talk about who's doing the job. You can talk about the challenges you've had on that job. You can talk about lessons you've learned. I don't know. There's there's a, a million different. I just take pictures of whatever gets me going. Mm-hmm. I don't think about it. I never ever ever go to a site 
mind site, job site, and think about what pictures do I need to take ever. Mm-hmm. I just take whatever I think is cool. And that's why I never promise a product. I've never promised a product since day one. I've never said, give me your shoot list. And oh, sure, I'll, I'll cross, I'll check all the buttons. It's yeah. not how I work. I show up on a job site, I capture whatever's there. And I capture it how I want to capture it. That's it. Whatever gets me going. That's why my pictures are, I think, above average. is because I really care about whatever I'm photographing. I'm not photographing something I don't want to photograph. That's it. Period. So just take pictures of whatever you, you think is cool. That's it. It's that simple. I, th- I, I feel like I can definitely relate to the idea of like, I understand the things that I do I want to take photos of, but... I like wonder if there's a certain sort of like self filtering was like was that really is that really cool enough to post or you know are people really going to care about just whatever I'm doing you know what I mean but I think you're right and we've talked about this before that it's like it's like that consistency it's it's that just like show what you're doing yeah is and what just try people, it out people want to follow social media you post something okay that worked I'm gonna do more of that oh that didn't work okay. Well, 24 hours from now, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Or you can delete it. Everybody's so worried about how they look and, and what people are going to think and this and that's like, ah, just, I don't know, just share whatever you think is cool, man. That's it. We were talking that's about it. self-branding, um, just like your, your, the kinds of content you people put out on the internet last week. And, you know, there, there was a phase where celebrities and businesses, and definitely more celebrities, or I would say businesses probably haven't changed as much, but these large accounts were extremely curated. Everything on was, you know, professionally shot and was staged and whatever. And then normal people would just post like their plate of food from that day. And at the time, I feel like we're always like, who cares? You know? And now I feel like that is almost flipped to where it's now, um, you know, celebrities, influencers, people who just like have a lot of followers on the internet are now more posting normal life things and then just like regular ass people are trying to like curate to kind of have like their super cut of their life on the internet. Yeah. And yet the things that we, you know, as just internet users, the things we want to follow is, you know, people who we respect or, or we find interesting and we want to see their like normal life shit. And so I, I think what's you've drawn a really good balance of like with the Buildwit brand, but as well as like yourself is you know like on your feed it's you know these photos that are just like you out on job sites taking photos of stuff you think is cool, and then your stories are like here's me dicking around, and that's here's it. just me doing my thing. That's all I do, and that's like what people like. Yeah, I mean if you haven't noticed, like I, I definitely use stories to just document my day every day yeah. and show people the dumb shit that goes on in my life. And most people like it. Uh, the corporate people don't like it at all. So if you're one of those corporate people that <laughs> is salty about it, sorry, but I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. And it ain't changing. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Um, uh, yeah, but it, you know, maybe something goes wrong. Maybe you bust a bust a hose. Okay, take a picture of that. Talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe rain screwed you up. Okay, talk about it. Maybe you figured out a better way to to dig a foundation. Talk about it. It's not a trade secret. You know, I feel like I see stuff on LinkedIn every once in a while that guys will post, you know, this thing happened to work. It sucked, but here's what we did. Like to me, like that's, that's really fascinating. Yeah. Cause like, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not learning anything see, when somebody posts 
like this like hyper hyper curated staged version of like an event at their at their job like that's cool but like what what am i learning from that versus like you know a, a certain machine broke down and we didn't have we didn't have a backup and so we were able to you know finish the job using this machine instead like that's that's cool to me that that's that's real education to me that's it i mean you you uh, it's it's inspire, educate, entertain. Mm-hmm. So say you're digging a a, a footing with a, a backhoe, you want to inspire. You know, talk about a problem, challenge that you you had to overcome. Hey, or talk about how this industry is great, and how you've enjoyed it, and how your your grandpa you know would take you out to the job site. And now here you are doing it yourself. Okay, educate, explain why you're using that piece of equipment. Explain. Uh, why you're renting that piece of equipment as opposed to buying it. Explain how you're digging the footing. Explain what kind of challenges that that were were involved in digging the footing and how you guys planned planned for those those challenges before you even started digging. Mm-hmm. Entertaining. Um, a, I don't know. Backhoe is just pretty cool, and so maybe you just make a video of the the backhoe digging digging the footing for thirty seconds yeah. and put it on the internet. Plenty of people hey, would be this like, is what we did "Badass! Today. That's cool. Yeah. That's that's. I mean, I I've, I've been." On there for I was just looking at old pictures, um, and it was it was a video back in college, way before BuildWit and all that, of me watching construction videos on my on my phone, like on Instagram or whatever mm-hmm. it was. But it was my my girlfriend at the time filming me, and the the caption was like, "He does this every night." As I just, that's real. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the only one. I mean, there's a lot of people that just sit and watch cool construction videos. Clearly, that's why we're sitting yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> There's people that listen to this podcast. There's people that look at our pictures, look at our videos. Why can't they look at yours? I feel like you need to find a way to like do a video frame of that clip and like hang it up in the office. Or it's, it's super funny. I was cracking up about it. <laughs> um, I've I've got a friend who, um, she has a photo of her walking into a bar to meet the person she ended up marrying. Like a friend, just like had like a, a weird like premonition, just like. I should grab a photo of her walking in here. And so now it like hangs up in their house. Mm. And that's just what that reminds me of. It's just like, you know, who to thunk that, you know, however many years ago that was, that that would kind of lead to what we're working on now. Yeah. You just nerding out over, you know, endless videos on Instagram. I still do. I mean, nothing's changed. I just had a thought. We should get into construction ASMR videos. Mm-hmm. Sure. Just like... Like a... Ungreased aftermarket excavator undercarriage, mm-hmm. and then just like somebody jackhammer talking about something like really softly, just oh. like and now lay yourself down and listen to the soothing sounds. I don't, I don't know, maybe tracks. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll let someone else <laughs> tackle that. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I think that's a there. There you go. There's an <laughs> there's an untapped market for whoever wants to tackle. Yeah, there it. you go. Somebody really dive in, and you can give me credit. That's fine. Sure. Uh, cool. Well, I think that's all we've got today. Um, I have reached out to our second winner of the podcast review contest. They got their hundred dollar gift card to the Buildwit store. Cool. Um, I've set out the twenty uh, percent off discount code to the other people who've sent in reviews. We're very thankful for those so far. Uh, if you've not done a review on Apple Podcasts um, for Dirt Talk, and you would like to. Um, go ahead and leave us a review. And if you wouldn't mind, screenshot it and send it to dirttalk at buildwit.com. And I will add you to a drawing to, to either 
Well, if you get drawn from the pool, you'll win a hundred dollar gift card to the Budweiser store, which is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, and, and and like we've talked about, we don't ask for a whole lot. Nope. We don't run ads. We don't make any money. This is really just Alex and I completely wasting wasting time talking oh, yeah. on microphones about dirt. So if you, if you wouldn't mind, write us a review on Apple Podcasts, or if you don't have that, just send it to us, dirttalkatbillwood.com. If you have any uh, questions for future podcasts, also send those to dirttalkatbillwood.com. Send them along. We'll happily take whatever you got, suggestions, concerns, whatever it may be, or you want to bitch at us about how remote control D11s is, is stupid. Sure. Feel free. Yeah, feel free. That's You won't, you won't sway my opinion, but I, by all means, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Um, and with that we'll see you in the next episode of Dirt Talk uh, until then stay dirty everybody Bye.